0: Hello and welcome to Design Dive, the podcast that explores design that is all around us in just 10 to 15 minutes, so you can get on with your day. My name's Chris Downs, and whether you're a designer or just simply curious about how design impacts our everyday life, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. For today, we're going to talk about the mouse cursor. Seems kind of out of the blue, but there might be a little bit more history and thought behind it than you realize. So let's rewind the clock all the way back to 1968. A man by the name of Douglas Engelbert, and he had a team as well assisting him, demonstrated the mouse and the mouse cursor in what is known today as the mother of all demos in this demonstration he showed how the mouse cursor worked on this interface how just with this simple black arrow pointing straight up you can move it around the screen and select different elements using what they called a mouse now they introduced the name mouse in this demonstration and kind of apologetically stated that it was just kind of by accident that they called it that it was just a name that stuck and they rolled with it in that demo they also introduced word processing being able to type in a document make edits as well as copy and paste hyperlinks clicking links that'll take you to another file collaboration with other team members where multiple cursors would be on the screen and believe it or not even introduced video conferencing. Now again, this is 1968. I can't imagine that video conferencing was even conceived uh, as something that we would use as much as we do today. Now, let's go back to the mouse cursor. We're gonna fast forward to the year 1981. Xerox are the ones that took this mouse cursor to the next level and had tilted it to the arrow that we know today. The arrow was just a black shape with a stem, but there wasn't really any documented reason to why they decided to tilt it at that 45-degree angle. Now, really, it could have been maybe the pixel grid. Uh, If they did an up-and-down arrow, it could look too blocky and less like an arrow. So tilting it would create a straight edge that would be a little easier to navigate with. There also were comments about that angle creates an easier element to catch the user's attention whereas everything is vertical and horizontal that angle makes it easier to spot on the page now again there's no sort of explanation to why that was just what was established there at the time now let's talk about the two biggest companies that really took this cursor to the next level now this is apple and windows we're talking about When Apple saw the cursor, Steve Jobs even said that he thought the cursor was brilliant, that it was a great way to help the user interact with this interface. And he and the Macintosh ultimately made it more affordable to the everyday consumer. Now, Apple decided to make the cursor black with a white border around it mainly because for darker interfaces, that border would make it easier to find. That way you don't lose the cursor. Windows did the same thing, kept that angled look, but they inverted it. So now they have a white arrow with a black border around it. But through the years, these companies made some adjustments to this arrow. Let's talk about Windows for a minute. They changed the cursor slightly in size, added and removed pixels, and even added a shadow and gradient to it over the years as their application had changed. Now, Apple, their cursor did not change a single pixel for 22 years. In 2005, they refined it a little bit by adding a, a gradient to it just to add a little bit of dimension, but the size stayed the same. And in 2012, Apple introduced the Retina Display and if you don't know what that is, essentially one pixel became four pixels. So there was more pixel density making the resolution higher, which in that case they needed to remap the mouse to be able to match those pixels. But when they did that, they didn't change the shape of it again. Even though they had the flexibility to create more dimension or form to the mouse, they kept it the same. And so from the beginning of the Mac to now, the mouse for for an Apple computer has stayed the same the entire time, and it probably never will change. Now, time will tell. Maybe Apple Vision Pro will make us look with our eyes and tap with our fingers to select instead of a traditional mouse, but again, that's for the future. Now, as you know, the mouse cursor has different states to it so for example there's the loading state um like an hourglass a spinning loader uh, if you're on a mac there's that spinning color wheel or a beach ball uh, i like to call it the spinning wheel of death because when you see that you know that it might be a little bit of a wait before you get to to continue with what you're doing uh, just a fun fact that spinning color wheel that apple uses was actually designed by Next Step back in 1990. And it originally resembled a spinning magneto optical disc. Now, if you can just picture with me a CD uh, with that metallic color on the back, when that spins, it has that shimmery color. Now, Apple didn't steal it from them. They acquired Next Step in 1997, so they decided, huh, we'll go ahead and use it. And to this day, they still use that same or similar graphic, but it all s- stemmed from that optical disk. Uh, but we also have text selection. We have the pointer finger uh, moving. So there's lots of different ways that the mouse changes based on what we're doing. All of that just to make the experience for the user easier and so they know what they're doing when they're doing it. Some companies have taken it to a whole new level and take Figma for example. I'm a product designer. I live in Figma. If you don't know what Figma is, it's essentially a program that lets you design what apps look like that you use on your phone or applications on your computer. It just is a blueprint essentially that creators can make to then hand off to developers to then build. Uh, But in there, Figma decided to ditch the stem on the arrow and it's kind of become an icon for them. Uh, If you know what FigJam is, it's their whiteboarding app. If you're a collaborator within that platform, every person has a different color cursor and those different color cursors are also kind of a branding element for them uh, that has worked in their favor. So again, we have these companies that are taking the mouse and creating their own twist to it uh, and just having fun with it. So it's interesting to see where the future goes for the mouse cursor. But let's rewind back to 1968. I definitely encourage you to go back to Douglas Engelbert's demonstration, again, mother of all demos, and just look at that. That is where the mouse cursor came from. It was super simple straightforward but it truly moved forward this graphical user interface vision that is what our computers are today. So we have a lot to thank for him uh, and all the progress that we've made throughout these years simply just for a tiny few pixels known as the mouse. Now hopefully next time you're on the computer When you see that mouse, you can have a little bit of a deeper appreciation for that and all the thought that went into it. But who knows? We don't know what the future holds for the mouse, but we can definitely appreciate the steps that we took to get here. And that's our dive. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others. But until next time, keep learning, stay inspired, and remember that design is all around us. See you guys next week.